You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Take a pizza, and then you wrap a taco inside of it. Hello, Internet. This is the latest edition of the ToneMob.com podcast. As you know, or maybe you don't, maybe it's your first time. So if you don't know, I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today I have Jason Banning of Banning Guitars. Hey, everybody. What's kicking, man? Well, bunch of dust, really. Sawdust, <laughs> you know, all different types of lumber. Huge. Yeah. yeah. You uh, do anything of note today? Um, well, I, I'm starting to work on a new model for next year, which is kind of exciting for me. Oh, really? Yeah. It's Can kind of a spin-off. about that a little bit? Yeah. Or not yet? Done. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, um, it's the first of the new models that I'm going to introduce in 2016, and it's... um my heartbreaker model um which mm. has been pretty popular mm. and what i'm doing is i'm going to make a player version of it which is pretty much stripped down um you know all party ready to go rock and roll version nice. of it that i could sell for a lot cheaper you know to help out a lot of these guys that have been wanting my guitars but just can't afford them mm-hmm. so i'm kind of excited about that that's really cool so is it going to be yeah. kind of like a uh Satin finish type of thing? Is that what you're yep. thinking? Yeah, satin finish, no binding. Um, you know, like none of the, the glam and the glitz. It's just down to business playing, you know? So mm-hmm. That's really cool. I, I yeah. love the Heartbreaker in its current form, So I'm, but I also like, I really like the stripped down stuff. So, like, I'm a big Les Paul Jr. guy and, you know, things Sweet. like that. So that's yeah, going to be rad. Les Paul. Cool, thanks, man. <clears throat> Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, some people may not be familiar. Maybe uh, let's tell them. How about you tell them about what the Heartbreaker kind of is inspired by? And okay, and uh, they can take a look at them. Yeah. Well, the first Heartbreaker um, I built just for myself, kind of as an experiment. Um, I I don't know. I've always loved mixing different ideas from different guitars together. You know, just making a hybrid guitar or whatever you want to call it, you know, taking stuff from classic designs and borrowing from them and making them into a single design. So the first one that I built, I actually built for myself. And so what it was, the idea behind it was, was um, take a Rickenbacker 360, which I loved, you know, mm-hmm. and um, mix it with my, you know, another one of my all-time favorites, which is the Telecaster. And um, so... Part of the experiment was I just I was really curious to see 
how close to a Rickenbacker I can make the construction um, as far as lumber, you know, routing, internal chambering, all that stuff goes. And then I was curious to see, you know, what the sound was going to be because I wanted to see like how much of the sound was actually coming from the body shape, that kind of thing. You know, that's what makes me excited. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, kind of a nerd that way, you know, like how does this work? So um, anyway, so the first one I made and um, everybody like I put pictures of it on Instagram and it just like I wasn't even planning on making more, but then everybody just really loved it. So I ended up making more and I had to call it a heartbreaker. Originally, I called it something else, but um, I got in trouble with one of the big brands coming after me. So I had to change the name. Uh Oh, yeah. So that's what it is. 360 meets telly shape, um, construction, you know, so it's a, it's phenomenal. It's the first guitar that I've seen from you. And, um, uh, I just like freaked out. Like I I came across (laughs) it and I was like, Oh man, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I I immediately reposted it and and peep then and everyone else freaked out on my page. I was like, I know, <laughs> I, I know, look at it. It's so Thanks. so awesome. Um I think it was a I if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was a blue one that was okay. kind of doing a like blue to black burst type burst, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Cool, man. Yeah, I've made quite a different, a few different ones and all the different classic colors to funky colors. So for the new ones, for the player series that I'm going to be doing, I'm just going to um, have only offer it in three different colors. It's going to be white, black, or a sunburst. Cool. And um, they're going to be oh, satin finishes, and they're going to rock. So I'm excited about them. The satin white, that's going to look, that's going to look nice. Yeah, it's going to be a satin Olympic white, so <laughs> I think it should look pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be killer. That's awesome. So let's uh, let's dig into what I dig into, and uh, yeah, what is Mr. Jason Banning's musical backstory? Where did you start? You know, playing, and and then how did it lead into what you're doing today? Um, well, I started playing when I was in high school. I started out actually as a bass player. Um, whenever I was a, I think a sophomore, I started playing bass and when we started playing, obviously a punk rock band, this was like mid nineties. Um, and so I found punk rock and I was like, Oh yes, this is awesome. Punk rock is the best. And I still like it to this day, you know, (laughs) but, um, so I started playing bass in a band called the green beans and, um, we were total like skater boy punk rock stuff you know right and um so from there i found um in the mid to late 90s i i started finding what back then was called emo but it wasn't what it turned into you know it was kind of more like punk rock with like i don't know really melodic sounding chords and stuff you know right and um so then i started playing guitar when i moved um to lodi where i live now because i lived in manteca and um, I wanted to start a band, and I didn't know anybody. So I was like, I'm going to play guitar, and I taught my friend to play bass. And so I started playing guitar when I was about 18. And um, that's kind of where all my guitar building came from, um, just out of selfishness, you know, like I, because I couldn't afford the guitars I wanted 
to buy. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to build one for myself. So um, I've always been that kind of person, you know, like tinkerer kind of guy and see how things work kind of thing. So um, I started building guitars for myself like whenever I was in my early 20s. And um, I played them and all my friends started wanting them. So um, lately, I didn't play any music really in any bands for about probably 10 years. But um, now, just recently in the last, I don't know, five months or so, I've been playing a lot at my church and stuff, and I've been really enjoying that. So it's been pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. What did you start building? Did you, like, start with, like, parts casters, or did you start yeah, doing Yeah, pretty much. You... Okay. That's what I, um, the very first guitar I built, um, I can say built really loosely, it was like one of those kits, you know, it was like a Stratocaster kit. Mm-hmm. And I got it for my birthday from my in-laws. And they, um, you know, said, here, you know, I was like, oh, this is nice. But I was like, this thing's not going to sound good. You know, that's what I was thinking <laughs> in the back of my mind. You know? Right. So I put it together and I really enjoyed putting it together. I mean, I had to do a lot of the cutting and fitting and all that stuff myself. And then obviously all the finishing and stuff. And um, I just really enjoyed the process. But um, what really got me intrigued is when it was finished how it sounded a lot better than a lot of my other guitars, my Fender guitars and stuff. I'm just like, what the heck? Because this was like a cheapy kit. It was only like a couple hundred bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm like, why does this thing sound better than these professional guitars, you know? So I just was intrigued by it. And um, so from there, I started building my own bodies, just parts caster stuff, you know, and then using like all parts necks and stuff like that. And then I just kept learning and reading books and trying more stuff. And pretty soon I was just building the whole thing, you know. So it keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Right. So did, did you um, learn from anybody? Did you like kind of go to any shops and and kind of get some, ha- you know, some, some help from more experienced builders? Or is it you um, pretty much well, all self-taught? I was pretty much all self-taught. I started building guitars in 2004, I think it was. And um, so I was pretty much self-taught. I watched tons of videos, read tons of books, you know. Um, I read the Benedetto book on archtop building. And that was like one of the, I don't know, second guitars I've ever built from scratch. You know, I was like, decided like, I'm going to build the most hard type of guitar to build first <laughs> right exactly. you know so if i could build this i could build anything kind of thing you know mm-hmm. so um i did that and then also my background in um, machine shop because i was a foreman in a machine shop for 15 years before i started doing guitar building full-time so a lot of my hands-on experience like with you know precision machining with those different types of tools and um instruments and stuff that really lent well to my woodworking skills too so um i didn't really have any help until maybe about a year ago um i met casey um from veritas right and um he just started calling me out of the blue and we just i mean he's just an awesome guy and um so we became friends on the phone and then it's almost been a year exactly um he called me up and he's like hey, man, you need to buy my CNC. And I'm like, what? And um, so he, it turned out he was selling his CNC because he wanted to buy a bigger one and a newer one. 
Mm-hmm. And um, up until that point, I was doing everything old school, you know, hands built by hand, you know, using pin routers, hand routers, everything by hand. Right. And um, he's like, dude, if you use a CNC, it'll blow your mind. It's going to change your world. And like, he's just telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, damn, that sounds pretty awesome, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Anyways, he, long story short, I went to a shop and um, bought the CNC from him. And he was like the first guy that really showed me anything, you know, and like from just being at his shop for like one day, you know, hanging out with him, seeing like his process and stuff that like totally changed my life. Like, I mean, because when you're doing things all by yourself, you can only get as good as you can without, you know, being around people that have experience. And um, I mean, he was trained by somebody else and a lot of this stuff you can't really learn unless somebody tells you, you know, it's like, what the heck? I would have never thought of that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> right. So it's just different processes that actually make your life a heck of a lot easier for building things. Um, so he showed me a lot of stuff like that and it, man, really helped me out with my process. And so I think he's pretty much the only person that's ever showed me anything. Right. Yeah. He's actually uh, the reason that you and I are talking today. I can't. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. We did discuss that. Yeah. I was at his shop and and I now I kind of feel bad because he was totally supposed to come on the show too. And he hasn't, I haven't, he was like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) And then I was like, yeah, cool. I'll call you. And then I forgot to to tell just now that I'm supposed (laughs) to call him. So that's, um, I'm a wonderful person. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's call busy, Casey. So. Call Casey yeah, tomorrow. To yes, but yeah, he, I was at his shop and I was like, "Yeah, man, we totally." You know, I called him just kind of out of the blue because uh, Chris Benson recommended that I talk to him. I think they're mm-hmm. doing Nam together this year. Oh, and, nice. And uh, and so I was like, "Okay, well, Chris likes him. I probably like him too." And, yeah. And just called him up out of the blue, and he's like, "Hey, you know what? We're expanding the shop. Why don't you just come by?" I'm like, oh, cool! I work pretty close to you, so I I drove over there, and uh, yeah, he was getting ready to wrap up for the day, but we were just talking it in the parking lot, and he's like, you know who else you need to call? You need to call Jason. Like, yeah, he's right? awesome, dude. He's <laughs> so, such an awesome guy, man. He really is. Yeah, he's, he's got a great heart. Yeah, he's super cool, and his guitars look beautiful. And that was actually yeah, they do. it was kind of funny. Um, um, you tell me if you're in this this boat too. I bet you are. Um, cause everyone I've talked to that builds guitars is, I went there, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to play one of his guitars. Like I, they look amazing. I've never seen one in person. <laughs> like this is going to be sweet. And, uh, you know, I don't even have to plug it in just like strum on it a little bit, you know, and take a look. I'm like, yeah, man. So, uh, where's your guitars at? And he's like, um, I don't have any. I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like the only guy that I know that builds guitars that doesn't actually own a guitar. I'm just like, what, dude? You don't own a guitar? That's kind of weird. You know, like, I'm like the opposite. Like, I have, like, closets full of guitars. I'm like, I don't even know where to put all my guitars, you know? But um, (laughs) But do you have your own guitars? I... There's certain ones that I've kept over the years, so I actually do, you know. Like, I've kept certain ones where I'm like, this piece of wood is awesome, and I'm keeping it, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) So um, I do actually own a few of my own guitars, which might be a little weird, um, but I actually like to play my own guitars. So, And it's not to show off, but it's just something that I'm like, man. I mean, trust me, I love playing other guitars, too, because there's a flip side. You know, when you're building guitars all the time for a living, 
you really appreciate not having to build one, you know? <laughs> so I totally appreciate all the other luthiers, man. Like I love, I mean, I follow all these guys and we're all friends and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, he's the only guy that I've ever, Casey's the only guy that like, I don't have a guitar, but that, I mean, speaks to, about his guitars, you know, cause every time he builds a guitar, he sells it. And then there's been quite a few times where I've had guitars and people wanted to, sell you know buy them but i'm just like no i'm keeping this one this is mine you know <laughs> right so yeah, that's interesting because well i was all right well this, i was gonna mention too because i i was talking to paul roney and he you know he was the same way as casey was he didn't have any he had guitars but he didn't have any of his own yeah and he, he's like i, I think, think that's kind reason, of a thing oh, it is because most most luthiers were like totally poor and so we're like <laughs> okay I could either keep this guitar or I could build another one kind of thing, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to sell it because I need to pay my bills. So, um, I've been fortunate enough to where I haven't had to do that sometimes. And other times, you know, I'll hold on to it for a while and then I'm like, I guess I'll sell this one now, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I do have a few of my own though. Well, which ones do you, uh, do you have of your own? Um, I have a Betty May guitar that, um, one of my friends calls Goldie because it's kind of a golden yellow colors. And, um, I made that guitar out of like a one piece sugar pine body that was actually grown locally. I, it's kind of a crazy story. This dude here, his name was the woodsman is what he called himself. Okay. Crazy, crazy old man just out in the middle of nowhere with a huge warehouse full of wood. And he was just like, like a wood hoarder, you know, like, like it was his baby. Like he didn't want to sell the wood, and so I go to buy this wood from him, and he's like, "Well, you know, like he gives me some outrageous price." I'm like, "Dude, that's like way overpriced," you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, long story short, I don't buy any wood from him because it's like way too much money. So, like six months later, the dude like closes his shop because he's like so old. He's just got bad health, and he calls me up, and he's like. I'm going to sell my wood. And I'm like, well, when you say sell, how much is it going to be? And like, he doesn't answer me. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going. So <laughs> right. I find out that he like donated all the wood to this place here called Valley Lumber. So I went and bought a huge pallet full of wood for like 200 bucks. I mean, nice. And I made probably like over a hundred guitars with it, you know? Oh, sweet. So anyways, th- this was like one of the last pieces left of that wood. And I saved it for myself because it's like one piece old growth sugar pine. I mean, this stuff's been drying since like the 1980s. This dude cut it down himself. Really? And, um, yeah, it's it just like everybody that plays it, just like, dude, this is like the best sounding guitar that I've ever heard. Like out of all the guitars that I made with it. So I ended up saving this one piece and I made this Betty May guitar for myself out of it. And so I own that guitar. I own um, the very first Heartbreaker um, that I made still. And I own a couple arch tops that I built. So besides that, I don't own any other ones. Cool. Well, that's actually yeah. a good way to dive into um, this question, which is: you say you're playing at church a lot. So, what's your current rig look like for that for that situation? Um. Well, I play with like two different teams, and um. So for one team, I play my Milkman Creamer amp. And I usually play either my Heartbreaker or um, my Betty May for that team. And then I I have like a small effects board um, with 
I don't know, like the essentials. I have some Strymon stuff on there. I have Hungry Robot stuff, um, Carolina um, stuff, Bondi effects. Just like, don't be afraid to get nerdy on it. We can be yeah, more specific like, than we stuff. Can get, we can get very nerdy. <laughs> Let's do it. Do it. Um, yeah. From so, start to finish, man. Yeah, you want the this whole is, signal chain? This is a gear podcast. Okay, I guess I better look at it now so okay. I don't make any mistakes. Like, wait a second. Yeah, because I'm totally going to call you on them if you do make mistakes. Like, I see the picture and you're totally off, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, okay. totally, you totally don't have your drive stacked like that. Thanks for lying <laughs> to me. All right, so I got my Polytune starting it out. Going into my um, Caroline Haymaker, which I love. That freaking nice. pedal is just amazing. Um, and then I have a pretty sweet Bondi FX Del Mar, um, which is a prototype that Jono built for me, um, before they even came out. So mine's actually a little bit hotter, I guess, than the normal one. Cool. And, um, I love that pedal, man. It's like one of my most used pedals. And then I have a Mercy Seat FX, um, dual pedal. It has like an always on, um, I think he calls it like a, uh, I can't remember. It has a key on it. And then the other side is the Tree of Life. Oh, the Tree kind of, of Life is so sick. Yeah, dude, I love that pedal, man. I so recently those... uh, got to try that one. Um, uh, Schnobletone sent it to me um, just because I watched his Periscope. And and I was like, that Tree of Life sounds great. And he's like, you want to try it? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I hate trying pedals. Don't send it to me. And... Yeah, man, I have to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I'm feeling at this point. Which maybe that was the whole scheme. Maybe it was a big yeah. scheme altogether. Yeah, Usually I gotta is. I gotta send that back to him. Another, <laughs> yeah, another... you're not getting it back. <laughs> it's mine. You can't have it. Man. Yeah, no. Austin's really cool, dude. From Mercy Seat Effects. Like I have a couple of his other pedals, man. He's just a really cool guy, dude. And um, nice. all of his pedals that I played just sound awesome. And then see, I have a pedal that I actually built from a kit on my pedal board right now it's um i call it a swell time and i forget it's based off like an old boss pedal that what it does is it makes it almost sounds like a reverse um gate on your like a reverse delay kind of thing like where oh you okay know, it, like you hit your note and then you could control the attack on it like how fast it'll come in and how fast it'll fade out so, um, oh, is it the um, uh, the boss uh, slow gear? Is that right? That's it, dude. That's the okay. one. It, so, this is pretty much a clone of that. Cool. And then I have that going into my reverbs. I have a El Capistan, a Dig, and a Blue Sky by Strymon. Very cool. So, yeah. I'm, I'm curious now because um, the slow gear has been, I'm, I mean, if you can find an original, they're ridiculous expensive, but I know. Um, I really want to try one because they sound super interesting. Like oh, how dude. do you how do you use that pedal? I mean, I know it's a well. Clone, I use it but... for um, like with the church setting. It's really good for like if you put on like a nice reverb behind it, and then if you want to like I sometimes use some kind of drive in front of it, and so it'll almost sound like lap steel ish. Um, like you could just it just really fades. It almost sounds like you're riding your. Um, volume knob you know like on off on off kind of thing controlling mm -hmm. that 
but you could control it by your pedal. So it's just like for the lazy man kind of thing, you know, <laughs> if you, so this way I don't really need like a, um, volume pedal, you know, this does it for me for the right. swells and stuff. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's really cool. Um, I need to, is that, is that a, I, what I'm, I'm just going to stammer and stutter here for a second. <laughs> I, uh, is that one of those, um, I think BYOC makes that kit. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, okay. that's the one I got. The 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 gears are turning in my brain. I'm trying to connect the dots, and it, my brain yeah. doesn't work that well, so it hurts sometimes. No, um, that's pretty good. I think you knew that, so. <laughs> pretty good. I'm kind of a nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Pedals are good. Yeah, well, it depends on if, who you ask. My wife would disagree. Yeah, she, most she, women would. She do, she doesn't really she she thinks they're dumb. Of course. <laughs> Why do you need another pedal? It's, it's it, it's she's she's like what? Okay, what does that one do? I'm like that's a fuzz. She's like what's, what's that one? one do? I'm like it's that's fuzz. a fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> How many that, fuzzes do you need? Oh, you don't understand fuzz. We need never, at least a hundred. Well, I talked about this um, on the last <laughs> episode. I recorded the optimum number is. Uh, Always one more. That's how it exactly. works. Exactly, dude. I'm such a few like huge fuzz head, man. I mean, I got like at least probably like ten fuzz pedals. Uh, you're so. you're you're talking to the right guy right yeah. now. Um, do you have one that you kind of like, or a certain style of fuzz that you kind of gravitate towards? Like, you more of like a tone vendor guy, or I mean, you know, that, there's a whole I spectrum think... there. I, you know, I used to be kind of more of a tone bender guy, but now, like, I kind of view it differently. I almost view it like a tool, you know, like, which one do I need for this song kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. for the tone that I'm looking for. So it kind of just depends on that sort of thing. You, d you um, don't have a, a favorite, well, per se? If I had to just pick one, like, the one that, like, totally blew my mind, like, a few years ago was the Zvex Fuzz Factory, dude. Yes. Like, when that came out, I was just like, what the crap is this, you know? Like, it freaked me out, dude. I'm just like, this is <laughs> the best pedal ever. I totally get it. I actually was super late to the game on that thing. I just got one with this year. Like, I've oh, known dude. about it. I've known about it forever. Yeah. And, and I, I seen one, like, okay, this is dumb. That I don't have this pedal by now, and so I snatched it up, especially because it was it was used and super cheap for nice. a Zvex pedal. And I was like, "Where have you been all my life? What, what yeah, have I been the, doing?" That pedal is just amazing. I mean, I just because I love the nastiness that it could get, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, you could just get so many different fuzz tones out of that one pedal. It's just pretty sweet. It's great, and I think it kind of gets. I think I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it can get way out of control and way over the top but yeah i think that i think that i've heard a lot of people be like oh i couldn't control it i'm like but i like uh, that aspect of it I'm man. like i i can control truthful. it <laughs> yeah i like the like not i mean you could control the chaos you know like because i'm totally into like all those crazy sound and stuff like you know jack white like mm, yep. i mean you know like anywhere i i like a lot of different type of music so um I like that aspect of the the pedal, you know. I I do too. I I really dig that thing. I like how it gets all oscillating and. I like a word. that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, 
I did so many recordings with that thing where we're just like pretty much like building a song around the tone we were getting out of the pedal. You know, we're like, dude, this is awesome. Let's write a song with it, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so. it's it's definitely one of those boxes that is is pretty much its own instrument. Like, yeah. in, a, in a way, you know, in a manner of speaking. It's, it's not because just by itself it doesn't do anything. Well, that's not true either. It kind of does do things by itself sometimes. It does, dude. like radio stations and stuff. You're like, wait a second, there's somebody from Mexico talking to me right now. That's what I get at my house, like a Mexican, some kind of station, through it. <laughs> you need to it's, integrate that into a song. Yeah, it's like you could be playing, and then if you like do like a palm mute, and like it's like staggering out, you know, like a weird sound, and all of a sudden you hear... La 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 bomba. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what? It's pretty awesome. And everyone's going, how'd you do that? Uh, you know, how'd you do that? I can't tell you. This is a it's secret. never going to be the same song again, so. Yeah, you only get that magic one time, so yep. enjoy it, relish it. Exactly. Nice. Good times. <laughs> so I also like to ask people um, this question, and, and sometimes it all it all kind of depends. A lot of people are pretty much satisfied and I'm going to I'm almost going to assume that you might be one of these people too but I I like asking people about what their dream rig would be. Hmm, well, I've always always wanted a Gretsch White Falcon. And one of these days I'm actually going to get one. Um, but like I'm like actually really content with the gear that I have. I mean, I have like I don't even know, like five or six amps, um, a buttload of guitars. And so <laughs> I'm like totally content with what I have at this moment. But if I was going to say dream guitar, or dream rig, um, I, the white Falcon goes on that list for sure for a guitar. They're um, so gorgeous. I don't know why. I mean, some people really like either love them or you hate them, you know, cause of all the glitz and glam on them so i i don't really love them i have not personally spoke with anyone that that hates them so this is strange i've heard to me. quite a few guys that like man that thing's so ugly you know <laughs> so i can't i can't be associated with those people i know oh. <laughs> it's like blasphemy <laughs> like what how dare you yeah next you're gonna tell me you don't like a cadillac green country club either exactly because that's certain things that just look great and that's one of them Yes. But, yeah, I mean, I got, I have my Milkman amp. I have a pretty sweet um, Tyler amp. It's a JT46. I have a um, PRS um, anniversary amp that just sounds crazy good. And then I have a Vox AC30 top boost that was made in the 90s um, with the, you know, back in, when it was still made in England. It sounds crazy good. Right. And then I also have a Tweed Double Deluxe amp that's crazy. And yet I still want a Benson amp after all these amps. So I'm like, <laughs> it's the same that, thing, you know. How many amps do you need? Just one more. Just so, one more. Uh, yep, yep, most definitely. Yeah. Well, I talk about the Benson stuff way too much on here, so I'll re try to refrain. But yeah, you do you do need one. You need one. Yeah, I actually got to play through one at um, Cowher's open house like this last summer because he was oh, cool. there. 
and um, Benson was there, and he had his one of his amps, the Monarch, there, and he had the what is it called, the Tallbird? Is that the reverb thing? But, yeah, it's a reverb unit. Yeah. Yeah. So he had that there, and I heard it, and I was like, dude, this sounds awesome. I mean, I really can't justify another amp because I love my Milkman, I love my Tyler, I love all my amps, but you know how it is. You see an amp, and you're like, oh, I must have it. Sometimes you don't need to justify it. Exactly. Sometimes you just need it. Yep. Indeed. That's most of the time. <laughs> most definitely. So do you have like a particular design of yours that is your favorite? I know it's like picking a child, but... Like, do do you have one that you're just like, I'm super proud of this one, and this is my, maybe my flagship or something? Um, I had, I don't know, there's a couple that I've done that I really like, but if I was just going to pick one, like, the one that's like really doing it for me right now is the Heartbreaker one. Um, I have another model that I really love that I just designed this year, and it's called the Aletheia model, and it has a German carved top. And I'm really, I really love that one because it looks kind of unique, you know, and nobody else makes one like that. Um, so I really, I really like that guitar and it sounds awesome. Everybody that sees it, it's like, whoa, what is that? So I really like that one. It's a 24 and 3-4 scale guitar with a um, Bigsby on it, German carved top, semi-hollow, um, it's like a big guitar, close to the size of a three thirty-five. So, oh, I like yeah. that design. Uh, yeah, I seen that one too. I really liked it. Also, thanks. I thought of a, of a that just made me think of a weird thing though that I have not actually played a guitar with a German carve. I've seen them, yeah. but I don't think I've ever picked one up and played a, a guitar with the German carve in it. That's they're pretty weird. cool, man. Like the first one I ever played, this dude from my last church. He's like this older guy he's like 70 and he had this crazy old um german carve like really from germany like you know it was like a 50 year old guitar and mm -hmm. he brought it in and he opened up the case and i'm like whoa what is that you know right and so like i played it and i was like man this thing is amazing and so that's kind of like what inspired me to build the aletheia model um was his guitar because i was like man german carves awesome and plus I got my CNC, and so I'm like, now I could do things that I couldn't do before, you know? So I'm doing a German carved guitar, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So, For sure. That yeah. was that was going to be my next question. I said I was going to ask if the German carve was actually a German thing or if it was like French fries, one of those things we just made up yeah, to call it. Yeah, I don't know if the Germans made it up first, but I'm willing to bet they did because, I mean, it's kind of like an arch top, but it's still flat on top, you know? And so you have this crazy carve into the wood. I mean, but then there's Rickenbacker that made them too. So, and Rickenbacker made them a really long time ago. So I don't know who was first. Right. That, that's a company now that you mention it, which is kind of funny growing up playing guitar. Um, you know, when I first started out when I was like 12 or 14, I thought Rickenbackers were German. Even yeah. though, even though it says made in the USA right on it, but for some they reason I like had it. it. <laughs> The yeah, name. they do. My dad thought that until until I got mine. I got a 360 here recently, and I was he was like, he's a guitar player too. He's played guitar for years, but he's not really a gearhead like I yeah. am, which has saved him a lot of money uh, totally. over the years. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, check out this 360 I got. He's like, oh, this is sweet. 
made in the USA. I thought these things were German. I was like, I did too. For <laughs> till I was probably twenty, I thought they were German. So. I totally thought they were from over there too. I mean, especially since like the Beatles played them, you know, back in the day. And so I was like, oh yeah, they're from somewhere over there. You know, that's what I thought too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nope. USA, nope. which is nope. kind of rare these days, you know, bigger brand USA stuff. Yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, I'm not super well versed on the Ricky history, um, but it's interesting that they've pretty much kept the same formula as far as how they build guitars. Yeah, forever. Like I don't know yeah. if they're doing it the same as when they started, but. At least since the seventies, they've pretty much been doing the same thing. It seems totally. Somebody's probably going to correct me and say, "No, now they use something some else, sort of something." Or I don't know. But the only thing that I, I've noticed that is different is just their inlays. Like they've changed them for a little while. I think in like the nineties, maybe. Like you know how companies like go in like we're going to fix all this stuff, and then they're like, "Oh dang, we totally messed it up. Let's go back to what we did before." <laughs> like how Fender did. <coughs> Gibson twenty fifteen. <coughs> yeah, exactly. Let's put robot turners on. That's the best. That's the best, and we'll put zero frets and all this. Let's screw up everything. It's going to hover. It's going to be <laughs> sweet. Uh, we don't need to get into that. They've corrected their ways for twenty sixteen, so the debate is over. Yeah, on that. thank God. I was ser- I was it seriously stressed me out, like because I I've been a Gibson fan, you know how you grow up in a Ford house or a Chevy mm-hmm. house, you know. My totally. dad's a, it was a unique player because he was a country fan, like you know Waylon Jennings, you know top dog nice. type of thing. Uh-huh. But he's a Gibson. He liked Gibson guitars. Yeah, that's um, kind of rare. Better. He just recently got a Telecaster. Um, but it was just weird because I was like, yeah, Gibson's, obviously they're the best because my dad said so. And yep. he can beat you up your dad, so you don't know what totally. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. That's why I, I totally loved Gibson too. Like I went through a huge Gibson phase, you know, and I'm like, oh, Gibson, Gibson, yes. And then I went back to Fender. Oh, Fender, Fender, yes. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> now I'm like in between, you know, so. Banning, I, banning, yes. Yes, banning, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I have a like one of my most favorite guitars that I own is a 1964 SG. It's like all original. Ooh. And dude, it's like the best neck I've ever played on, the best sounding humbuckers I've ever heard in my life. It just is like a dream guitar. And I got I bought it when I was 18 for like I think it was like 800 bucks. No off way. My, yeah, off of, it was like a family friend, so that's the only reason why I got such a good deal. But even the, he was like well, I'm going to have to sell it for at least $800, you know, and at the time, that was a lot for me, I was like, this was like 19, I don't know, 96, you know, and I was like 18 years old, and I'm like, but my dad's like, you need to buy that guitar, it's like the best SG that you're ever going to be able to find in your whole life, and so I bought it, and I still own it, and I'm never getting rid of it, you know. That's awesome. It's freaking amazing. So your dad's a guitar player too? Yeah, my dad played his guitar. He started playing guitar when he was 12 years old. He's self-taught. And he's like one of those guitarists that's just like insanely good, like to the point where he's so good that he's almost not good anymore because it's like <laughs> what he plays is not <laughs> musically. Like um, like I, I, once you get to a certain level, it's like only other people that are on that level are the people that can enjoy it kind of thing, you know? Yes, and so, um, that's, I mean, he, he, seriously though, he could like, 
just do crazy stuff with his guitar, like make sounds out of it that you're like, what? How did you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of thing. So, yeah, he plays, and he plays for a living. And, oh, cool. Um, yeah, he's like in a million different bands, and he's in the Bay Area here in California. Very cool. So then yeah. growing up, then did, did he like what he was into, did that have a big influence on, on you musically, or did you kind of just branch out and do your own thing? I kind of branched out, like... Um, he, the thing that I'm mad about at myself is when I was in fourth grade, he wanted me to start playing guitar then, you know, but since my dad wanted me to do it, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I just want a skateboard. And so I, I didn't start playing until I was in high school. If I started playing when I was like in fourth grade or something, like I'd be insanely good. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not, but <laughs> I'd probably be better than I am now, but, um, yeah, he he did influence me, like, I don't know, I kind of have, I don't know if this is like a scientific proven um, idea, but I always think that, you know, music is in, it can be in your genes, you know, and so it's like, I feel like music's definitely in my family and in my genes, because my kids are already totally musically inclined, you know, it's like you either, like some people are just good at it, you know, like, it's in their blood or something. I don't know how to explain it, but so no, I, think I know he, I know what you mean. For yeah, sure. I think he's influenced me in that way for sure. But he was like totally. I mean, he he was like a rocker in the '80s, you know, the whole spandex time, and um, <laughs> so he was like in all that music. And then the '90s, you know, for the younger guys like us, we were like all into grunge rock and rebelling against stuff. So our musical tastes aren't the same. We do have a couple, you know, musical tastes that are in common. Um, like the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, like the classic stuff, you know. Right. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that he likes that I don't and vice versa kind of thing. Would his be like more like, does he, because he said he's so skilled that it sounds bad sometimes, which I understand. I kind of relate that to a lot of like prog fusion type uh-huh. things. Yeah. Uh, like it's like, wow, that's amazing, but I don't really want to listen to it for very long. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's like, it's mind blowing what they could do. I'm just like, dude, what the heck? But yeah, like you have to be in the right state of mind or like in the right place to actually enjoy it, you know, kind of thing. So I want, I mean, I'd hate to say that it sounds bad, but it just, it's not my thing. I know what you mean. You know, it's not my thing. So. Right. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, he's definitely influenced me on that kind of stuff, you know, music and my mom influenced me with my art, and so I used to want to be like a comic book artist before I actually started doing um, guitars. And so, like, I don't know, I've always been like a creative kind of person, you know, like I have to create, like it just is my therapy kind of thing, you know. So For sure, for sure. I, I can relate to that. The only problem is, is that um, I'm not very skilled, so... <laughs> So, so I'm practice. Like, I'm like, yeah, I made this thing. Look how cool this is. Oh, it's not that cool. Never mind. It's really cool, Blake. That's that's um nice. It's nice. Now <laughs> could you put it under the bed? Nobody yeah. needs to see. So that. Put it in the corner over there. And I'll throw it or, away when you're not looking. Yeah, or yeah, I'll I'll hang it up in my shop. <laughs> <clears throat> oh wow. <sighs> Crying out loud. You okay? There's a 
I just about fell over a garbage can. Wow, that's, I heard something like <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's a good way to do your interviews. I just found the dumpster. I'm so professional. Look how professional I am. Oh man, everyone listening to this show is like, this guy is a moron right now. That's awesome. I'm not good at making stuff, and I like to fall in garbage cans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that about sums up. Uh, that about sums up my life right there. Yeah. I'm not good at making stuff, and I fall in garbage cans <laughs> while I'm trying to do interviews. That's what I do. Uh, well, that it, that was good entertainment, right? So I'm glad I didn't actually I kick it like it's a metal garbage can, and then would have oh. made like. Although that would have been pretty hilarious, and I would have totally. I'm. I would have totally left it in if I would have fell in. Actually, I'm totally. gonna leave that. I'm leaving it in anyway. But you should just leave it. Yeah. Leave it. <laughs> it's classic. classic. That's what I get. Move. That's what I get for walking around and getting lost in conversation while I'm recording instead of actually paying attention to what I'm doing. Where are you going? Yeah. Who put that wall there? Like, oh, that's only been there all day. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right. So yeah, besides me not being good at anything and running into garbage <laughs> cans. I can totally relate on the creative thing. Like I, yeah. I have to, I have to do something of that nature. Yeah, uh, and uh, it it does. It makes me makes me feel better. So. Totally, man. It's like therapy, really. You know, it's like some kind of form of meditation. You know, like playing music, making things, anything like that. It's just good for your soul. Most definitely. Like, um, I guess I I shouldn't say I'm terrible at making everything. Like I'm just. Maybe a late bloomer or something. Uh, <laughs> we, me, and my band just did our our first. What I would say our first like real like album that I'm awesome. super proud super proud of. You know, and it's you know it's not the greatest record in the world, but I'm I'm actually not embarrassed by it. So that cool, that, uh, dude. That's that says a huge something. Step. <laughs> what kind of music do you guys play? It's a real like um, real '90s inspired. Oh, nice sound. Um, there's a couple tracks on there that it's like, you guys listen to Weezer, don't you? <laughs> like, yep, sure do. That's awesome. I love Weezer, uh, man. Weezer's awesome. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was a fun process, and and then, then there's kind of a straight up like countryish song on it too. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's it it spans spans a a few different genres, but we all kind of have different influences so that's bound to happen yeah that's Um, like the best music though i mean usually you mix up all these different influences and you get something nice and fresh and new and different taste in it it's just awesome that way yeah it happened you know and it all happened real organically it's it's just a bunch of dudes that even if we weren't making music together we'd be hanging out anyway so yeah it's really cool that it just it all happened the way it happened and Hopefully we can do it again sometime. So that's awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm freaking. I'm longing to write some more music. I haven't written anything in a few years, and like, it's like that for me. Like, I'm like really seasonal, you know. Like the winter time is like what I'm all about, you know. That's like where I get inspired: the cold and the rain. I don't know why, but that's just what influences me for writing. So I'm like in that zone. Like, like I must write something now. Right, so I'm hoping to start doing that again. So, do you have anything, um, anything out where people can can find it musically? Um, well, I had like a side project kind of thing 
called The Red Light Survival. And um, I think it's on iTunes and Amazon. It used to be. I don't know if it still is. It's been like a couple years. So I'm pretty sure it's still on there. Yeah, I don't think they generally yank them down. So. Yeah, it wasn't that horrible, I, I hope. They're like, this must <laughs> leave now. So there's that. And it was like a project like I used to do like on my own, just like four-track recordings and stuff. Um, and then like – the last time we recorded stuff with, you know, same kind of thing, like a group of friends were like, we pretty much like had kind of like jam sessions and then like, okay, we're going to record this jam session and make this into a song kind of thing, you know? Right. And so it was like really organic. Like you said, like it has a lot of a raw feel to it. Um, and most of it was like just recorded right there on the spot. A couple little overdubs here and there. Cool. So yeah, it was fun. What uh, genre or style would you say that that fits into? I would say like maybe like indie, like indie rock. I guess you could call it. You okay. Know? But we're definitely influenced by the '90s, like you. And same thing. We have a song that's a little country on there. So <laughs> I'd say like a little country meets like Mazzy Starish, like on. Oh a really? Songs. Okay. And nice. um, and then we have other songs where you could definitely hear like our emo roots i guess you know where we're like let's play this like little chord progression for five minutes and make it turn into something else you know kind of thing (laughs) so i'm curious i want to know i think i know about what what um year you're talking about when you when you talk about emo and then it changing into something totally different like yeah when when you're talking about emo bands who are you talking about just i'm I'm talking about like bands like um like Jawbreaker. I don't know if you heard of gotcha. them. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like the mid nineties, like before it got into like the kind of screamo stuff that everybody kind of called emo at that point, like late nineties, early two thousands, everything's like, we're emo rock. And it just turned into something way different. Yeah. Um, so it was like before that, you know, um, it still had, it was just like really melodic and, had a lot of heart behind it, you know, like sunny day real estate ish kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I really like that kind of stuff a lot. Uh, yeah, me too. That's cool. I mean, that's not like my, that's not what I was coming up on, but it's yeah. what I went, went back and found. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I actually got to listen to jawbreaker because I don't know if you're familiar with the band Lucero or not. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, a uh, country rock Memphis soul type of sounding mm-hmm. band. Um, but they do a cover of, uh, kiss the bottle. Oh, and, nice. And it, it, I had no idea who I knew it was a cover, but yeah. I, didn't, cause they, I would hear them, you know, at a concert and like, yeah, we got this, we're going to do one of our favorite covers. And then they would play it. That's and I'm cool. like, well, who is it? That sounds like their song. It sounds like they did it. Yeah, you know, the way they the it's real swinging and 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 you know southern rock feeling when they play it, and yeah. then I found the Jawbreaker version. I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's totally rocking. Yeah, that song used to be like because back in the day, like before you could download music, you know, like you used to have to go to album stores and like try to find these like seven inch records and like because that was like just a B side. Right. And um so that was like one of the holy grails of like Jawbreaker. You're like, Oh yes, I got kiss the bottle. Like 
we were like so stoked when we finally found it, you know, because you'd always hear them play it live, but it was like insanely hard to find it, like actual pressing of it back then. Right. It, it's funny because I think I'm starting to gauge. I'm I, I'm always interested in like trying to figure out people's ages without actually talking to them. Um, yeah. Or with not with not not without actually talking to them, but, but without asking them. So I'm yeah. pretty no. I'm I'm pretty sure that you're just like four years or so older than I am. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm 37. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> how old are you? You're like 24. <laughs> no, how old are uh, you? I'm 27. Okay. So, because I'm, you're I'm off in the, a bit. I was off a bit. I, it's just like the way you were talking about things. Because I was in this, you know, early 2000s. What you were talking about, like some of, the, I was really into like the metalcore stuff. Uh huh. And yep. a couple screamo bands, a lot of post hardcore stuff, and a lot yep. of straight ahead punk rock. And that's what I was into coming up then. And I just, I, I'm in this really weird age group where. Everyone thinks that um, you're too young to remember certain things. Uh huh. Like, yeah, totally. You're like, like, no, like, I remember that. Like everyone's like, uh, everyone I work with is like, well, you, you, oh, you wouldn't know about that. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you like, you don't remember pre-internet. I'm like, yes, I do. Like, of yeah, course dude, I do. Remember. I was alive then. I was alive. I was alive, and and I know all about these things. Like, it's it's <laughs> just it's just funny because. Everyone just assumes I'm, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm not quite your typical millennial, but I, I am in some ways, but uh, I don't know. It's a strange, it's a strange age to be, or I, maybe I just feel older than I actually am. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, for my experience, most people your age, like, I think you are a little more well-rounded, I'll say, you know, like, <laughs> um, so I don't know why you're falling in garbage cans and stuff, because <laughs> like you, you should be. <laughs> I'm not well. I didn't say I was smart or yeah. or what. Or, well, I definitely don't have coordination. That's and I. <laughs> let's talk about this. Is the let's talk about Blake's flaws podcast. Let's all let's yes. discuss all of his problems. He's emotionally unstable, kind of ugly, <laughs> and he likes to take a dive in the garbage occasionally. He likes to go in garbage cans, but he likes pizza. Really likes pizza. So I really, close. really like that. Pizza. Just brings it all back around, so it cancels <laughs> out all the other things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how we got. So I never can quite chart the uh, the progress of some of these conversations. I know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, cut, paste here, take this out. I really, I don't do much of that. I, I only, I have only edited things when like. When there was a problem, yeah, and and I had to like splice it together a little bit. I keep it pretty raw, just nice. because that should be. I well, I think people like to hear that. I hope. Yeah, I think so. It keeps it real. <laughs> yeah, all about keeping it real, dog. Yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh son. Uh. We sound so <laughs> not gangster right now. It's not no. funny. No. It, Technology is wonderful. It really is. In fact, that's uh, how you're listening to this podcast right now. All this wonderful technology and interneting. But we did have a little bit of a dropout, and I tried to make it nice and smooth and edit it, but in order to do so, you would not have got to hear Jason and I get gangsta. So, 
The last few minutes, I spliced it in. Here it is. I'm putting this in between. Sorry. Here it comes. Off in the, in the depths of who knows what. Weirdness. So, so instead of asking, um, asking a music-related question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... We can close out with this, this thought. Jason Banning. Yes. What is... Your favorite pizza topping. Oh, dang, dude. That's like really deep right there. I, I know. I didn't mean to like get too Why'd personal. Why'd you have to go there? I mean, I think I might have to hang up now. Oh, um, dude. Well, you don't have to. Feel free to not answer that question if it's, if it's, too, di- if it's too difficult to choose. I, I understand. That actually is really difficult for me to choose. Just a topping. Um, yeah, if you can only have one topping on your pizza. I mean, does cheese count? Because cheese is no, no, topping, no, no. right? That's that's pizza's not pizza without cheese. Without the cheese, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it would have to just be pepperoni if there could only be one. Topic like Highlander, yeah. yeah. There can only be one. So it just it would have to be pepperoni because it's classic. Pepperoni. Yeah. How about you? I yeah, that's tough to argue with. Um, I love pepperoni. And it, and pizza is it's it's barely pizza if there's no pepperoni on it. I well, agree. That, I mean that's not really true, but you know what I mean. That's the totally. classic. And but I'm a big Italian sausage guy, so oh, that would dude, be a I tough. I love the sausage too, man. <clears throat> It'd be a tough, tough choice. It's it is too too tough. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I even asked now. Now I feel bad for I know, making I think, you think that. But after I know that you fall in the garbage can sometimes, and you're asking me what my <laughs> favorite topping is i think we better just end this now now like immediately (laughs) like what are you Uh, gonna do if we don't end it now what will happen i'm gonna have to like send you some pepperoni in the mail or something because then i'm not ending it because i like pepperoni you might find it like in your bed like (laughs) godfather style you know like just a big old uncut piece of pepperoni or just like a like a, a uncooked pepperoni pizza, like fi- like just no. kind of like it'd been like delivered in a in a by the guy in Toy Story driving that that yeah. Toyota. There you it's go. all kind of folded over and stuff. <laughs> Don't, that sounds frightening. Yeah, it probably would be pretty scary. It would be <laughs> pepperoni pizza. If, if if I wake up with pizza in my bed, I'll know who to blame. Yeah, I. That's what I do. Besides making guitars. <laughs> That's an interesting lifestyle that you have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. But you are correct. We uh, we are right at that time. Um, I I always have a tough time shutting these things down, but totally. You know, I think it's time. And uh, so I guess we'll just we'll just have to say goodbye. Yeah. Well, thanks for the conversation, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah. you know. We actually, you know, we talked guitars. It's, yeah, we did a little bit. This we got counts to as that. a this counts as a guitar podcast, I think. I think so. Pepperoni, pedals, guitars. We got it in there. All right, sounds good, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have anything? Uh, I I sometimes neglect to do this, and I, I feel always feel bad. Do you have anything you'd like to uh, shamelessly plug um, before the end of the show? Are you going to Nam? All that good stuff. Um. I think I'm not going to display it now this year, but I will be there. Um, so the only thing to plug I already did. So the new Heartbreaker model, look for it this probably next month actually. So 
We'll have to get one up to you so you can check it out, man. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that at all. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So um, how can people get in touch with you if in they're so inclined? Um, Various well, social medias out, and everything. Yeah, check out the social medias, banningguitars.com, and then email sales at banningguitars.com. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Build guitars. Let me build you something. I'm a good there guy. There you go. <laughs> I like let pizza. Him, let him build you something or he's going to put a pizza in your bed. Yeah, you'll regret it. You do not <laughs> want to wake up to that. Trust me. <laughs> That's how I get 99% of my sales. So, Wow. That's yeah. a marketing technique. It totally is. Do not <laughs> buy guitars elsewhere. You will end up with pizza in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. I think All that's right, as good, a, good of a note to wrap, on, wrap up on. So, as per normal, for Jason Banning, I'm Blake Wyland, And everybody, good luck and good tones. Good night. Bye. Bye, man. Thanks. Yep. All right, folks, that's the show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. It uh, There's no reason to do this if you don't tune in. That's, that's basically the end of it. So thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you're digging the show and you would like to support the show, the easiest way to do that would be to just drop a review in iTunes. Thank you so much if you've already done that. And if you haven't, please do. If you like the show, please leave a review in iTunes. It's like a ridiculous helpful thing to do. It, it sounds dumb, but if you just take that couple minutes, it's immense. It helps new people find the show and uh, spreads the gear love everywhere. So, yeah, kind of a cool thing. So the last thought I'd like to leave you with is if you have any gear-related, tone-related questions, just don't be afraid hit me up at info at tonemob.com. If I don't know the answer, I can pretty much guarantee you I can find somebody who does. So I will do my best to, uh, you know, help you achieve your tonal dreams. So don't be afraid to send an email to info at tonemob.com or hit me up on any of the normal social media channels. And again, I thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a killer week and... Good luck and good tones. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com slash stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. 
Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.